0: joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Pandora, TuneIn Radio or head on over to americaoutloud.com where you can click the listen live tab for 24/7 talk radio. While you're there, please check out the podcasts and articles which are updated Daily. We've got on New York Post journalist Heather Robinson is going to be joining us on the show once again tonight. We're always excited to get her thoughts on all the issues, and she's got a new article she's going to be discussing with us in our third segment. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about some of the current events going on around the country and around the world. And what I want to start off talking about is Mr. Elon Musk and his Twitter takeover. He keeps making news This time, he says that he's going to uh, release the documentation, basically, of the censorship that Twitter had previously uh, about why they were... Stifling stories or shutting down accounts. You know, as conservatives, we've never had a level playing field. So I'm really excited. Elon Musk seems to be pushing this free speech thing and uh, says shadow bans are going to go away, says he's going to bring back all these suspended accounts. So we'll finally have a level playing field because you look at what's been going on and it has just been completely one sided. We're now finding out that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter. From the App Store. And we all know that all the conservative social media apps uh, like Parler, which a lot of people were switching to after um, everyone got suspended after January six, they couldn't get on the App Store for, for a long time. And we're finding out now it's probably uh, Apple and people who work at Apple who are keeping uh, basically free speech out of their App Store. They don't want conservatives to be able to get their opinion with free reign. It's just really unbelievable. Rob, what are your thoughts on the latest on Apple? I mean, I see a lot of people saying that they're going to switch to Android, but I don't necessarily trust them either. I think they're play Stores through Google, who's probably just
1: as bad at censoring as Apple. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight because what we're going to discuss tonight is really important because there are like parallels as to what's happening in China. And I think that we should all be informed. And it's more than just what Elon Musk is saying that he's going to do. uh, And that is release the information so that everyone will know what happened in 2020. Now, you can take whatever position you want to take. You can believe whatever you want to believe as far as the election being stolen. And they've even coined the phrase election deniers. So people who have called out what happened in 2020. But I think once Elon Musk releases this information, and he should do it, he shouldn't wait, just do it. I mean, it will tell the story for itself. Granted, the media has jumped on this. And they're saying that, oh, Elon Musk, he's a bad guy, he's a bad actor, he's trying to stop democracy. Now I find it rather interesting that they're saying he's trying to stop democracy. And you look at what's happening in China, they're like two parallels. You have people in China that are out in the streets protesting against the draconian ways that the government is trying to keep them in. We spoke about this last night, nailed them inside their apartments, don't want them to come out because they're seeing the spread of of the coronavirus, COVID-19. You also have the Chinese uh, government getting in contact with Apple and telling them to turn off the Dropbox element. So that people can't show pictures as to what's happening now think about this the chinese government is telling an american company turn off the dropbox feature of the phones now why would they do that now compare that to what seemingly our government is telling apple if musk release information kick them off the app so that no one can download it do you understand what I'm saying here? Our government, under Joe Biden, is telling Apple, if Elon Musk released any information as to what happened in 2020, you kick him off, shut him down. Now, why is that? Well, could it be because Elon Musk has access to the information as to what happened back in 2020 when the FBI went to Twitter, went to Facebook, and told them there's Russian disinformation that's coming out? we need for you to censor that, we need for you to take it down. Hence the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post was shut down. Hence, when I tried to tweet about it, they were mad and then they shut me down in January 6th, they shut Andrew down. Mm -hmm. So I think that Moss shouldn't just say, "I'm I'm thinking about it, he should just do it. Now, here's the other thing. If Apple should shut them down, Some are saying, well, it's a private company. Well, it's a public company. They can do whatever they want. They can function in that capacity. We don't want the government to get involved. But the government should get involved because they're censoring free speech. They don't want their dirty deeds to be known. Joe Biden is a criminal. Everyone in that administration, they're all criminals, and it needs to be exposed. And if we have to impeach them and get all of them out of office, then we should do it. In my opinion, it's coming to that. Because when we find out what happened, and we already know what they did in 2020, because now the media is coming out saying, oh, yeah, that wasn't just Russia disinformation. So the 50 Intel guys who came out and said, you know, this whole thing about Hunter laptop, it looks like Russia disinformation. We can't prove it, but we know that it is. And they shut it down. Chris Wallace shut it down. He didn't, want to, he didn't even want to cover it during the debates. Leslie Stahl told Donald Trump in his face, that's Russia disinformation, and so did everyone else, so they were all colluding. They said that Trump was colluding with Russia. They were all colluding to bury disinformation because they wanted to get Joe Biden in office. So you tell me. You come and tell me how is that an election denier? Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Yes, I said it. He is an illegitimate president. And the media should not be afraid to call him out and to say it. He is illegitimate. He was elected nefariously. He should not be in office. None of his cabinet members should be there. He was illegitimately elected. They stole the election. They cheated. And these this this cannot go unanswered. So once he releases it, And Elon Musk should, and because we know he has the information, if he waits on sending it, he waits on getting it out, Congress should act and call him before Congress and say, bring all the documents. We need to know what happened. Actually, we don't need to know what happened. We know know what happened. We just need it verified. So one of two things. He either release it and we see it, or if he doesn't do it, Congress must act immediately and tell him, save all the records, we want the documents. They've tried to get the documents before, and they lied about it and say, no, no, we didn't do it. And all the names that are there should be indicted. Knowing about what happened, what we already know, it will be verified, but what actions will be taken, this must never happen again. If these news agencies were worth their grain and salt, they will come out and say the exact same thing, but they won't because they're guilty also. This should never happen again. All parties involved must be indicted. People must go to jail. Heads must roll. Heather, what do you say?
2: Well, I, you know, Rob, I, I certainly am all in favor of uh, speech. And I think what Elon Musk has done is very positive and buying twitter i i you know i i don't know that i follow all the intricacies in terms of what it is he has you seem to believe that musk has some specific information about the election of of uh you know the last presidential election um i i i hadn't heard that uh I just hope that my friends who are, you know, great commentators including you are restored to Twitter. Have you been restored there? I was looking for you. I mean, I, I if I were Elon Musk, that's one of the first things I'd do. And I yeah, I mean I think in general that this whole idea of listen, we see this a lot with the left when, when someone else's candidates win, then it's a threat to democracy. <laughs> you know, when uh, people air opinions they dislike and disagree with, then it's dangerous. It's just a very childish, um, very rigid, intolerant mindset on their side. They don't have any self-awareness about it. And this is another manifestation of it as far as I can, can tell. So uh, I think Ron DeSantis is coming out swinging and uh, we do see a fighter in him in terms of standing up for uh, people with conservative values and views and our rights. And I'm, I'm heartened to see that. So I, those are my comments, essentially.
1: Well, well here, here's the other thing. Because I have been following this. Our accounts have not been restored on Twitter. Other accounts have. I don't know what uh, Musk is waiting on. I we've talked about this on the show. I know that Andrew said that you know he you know if it happens it does. He could care less, but I've thought about it and I, I think I'm concerned now. I want to be back on because they cannot stop free speech. It cannot be stifled. I will not give up on it. That's one of the things that this country was founded upon. They want Mm -hmm. us to forget about it. They want us to think that they have the power to do this. They don't have the power to do this. You are working Mm -hmm. on Public access lines. If you're using section 230 to protect yourself, no, I want to be back on reinstate my account and in doing so reinstate all of my followers. The left does not want that. Here's another tidbit that we have to look at because Apple is no saint, Tim Cook is not a saint. Tim Cook is part of this evil cabal. I just found out the other day, and this is unbeknownst to me, that in 2020, there was an app called Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E. It was similar to YouTube. It was a file sharing. And they were allowing people to post videos questioning the election and COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Tim Cook's Apple went in and said, we're taking you down. We don't want this. It's disinformation. Who are they to decide what's disinformation and what's real information? Who made them the arbiters? And, see, and that's what people aren't thinking about. We have these people running around saying, oh, no, but they're trying to protect us. No, no, no. I look at Instagram and they've blocked out different people. They're saying, oh, this is disinformation and this is why. Who decide that it's disinformation? Who do you think you are? I mean, this is wrong. And when we get into this, when we don't speak out, it becomes like China. China tells Tim Cook, we don't want people, we want you to limit your Dropbox because we don't want people being able to drop videos so that they can see what's going on. Right now, the, uh, the soccer game is going to take in place. Did you know that China is allowing it to come to the country? But what they're doing is they're uh, blotting out the people that are sitting in the stands not wearing masks because they want people to think that other people are wearing the mask. This is what China is doing. So if China can dictate what Twitter is doing, if China can dictate to Google, we want you to take this out of your searches, this is what Joe Biden is trying to do to the American people. Why did people vote for them this past fall? Or did they vote for them? Or did they cheat again? We should start using those words and not be afraid because we live in America and we can challenge our elections and we can speak out against our government without fear of reprisal. Going back to my story, Odyssey, the app, file sharing, the Apple store, Tim Cook went in and said, wait a minute, if you don't start posting pictures or videos talking about COVID, we're going to shut you down. Google, we're we're not going to let people find you. Now think about this. These two powerful companies are able to go in and tell the small company, this is what we're going to do to you. And in doing so, they are ruining this country. They're ruining their ability to make money. What did Odyssey do? We're not going to do it. We're not going to cave. A few good men. And that's what we need. A few good men to stand up and say, no, we're not going to give in to this. This is wrong. Again, Congress must insist that Elon Musk either release the information that you have, or we're going to subpoena you and bring you before Congress. And we want you to expose it all. And I don't want any of this going behind closed doors, as I said on last night's show. Because when they will go behind closed doors, they seem to forget about things. And they're hoping that we forget about it. I want all of this exposed. It is time to pull back the curtains and see who's behind door number three. And I would venture to say Joe Biden's administration. And if Obama is involved, throw him in jail. I don't care. Look at how they've destroyed this country. with just in a matter of 18 to 24 months. Look at how the country has been destroyed because of the lockdowns. People unable to talk. And that's what they're doing in China. They want to keep them on lockdown. But they're saying, no, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to stand up. Now, I don't know how long they'll be standing up before the Chinese government moves in and eradicate the people, get rid of them, as they did in Tiananmen Square. But someone has to stand up. Someone has to be brave and call this out. This cannot continue if we are to live in a democracy. And if we sit idly by and say, oh, no, it's no big deal. It's no biggie. Huh. Look at Venezuela. Look at what happened in Venezuela. It could happen here. Look at, look at China. So people look at Joe Biden and say, oh, he's frail. He's an old man. Yeah, he's frail. He's an old man. But the people behind him, is always the people behind him. That are doing the actual ruling, that are actually doing this. How could it be that during 2020, people sat idly by and allowed big tech to censor fellow Americans, and the media stood by and said nothing because it wasn't the narrative that they want?
2: Mm-hmm. Just like they allowed uh, people to attack the businesses and, you know, in some cases, bodies of fellow Americans in the name of justice. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a, a parallel. It was a surreal thing, and we all saw it. You know, we were all told two plus two equals five, and you better believe it, and you better parrot that, or you will be a pariah. You will be shunned socially. You will be banned from social media. You could lose your your livelihood. I'm with you, Rob and Andrew.
0: Yeah, it's not just the media, too. You look at social media and you'll see thousands of leftists who just celebrate the censorship and the banning of conservatives. They think it's great. And uh, they're really upset that Elon Musk is saying that he's going to bring back the suspended accounts. They want no part of it. Well, guys, it's that time of the year again. If you're looking for a great gift for a loved one, a friend or family member, look no further than Healthy Cell. If you're looking for better sleep, focus and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level. To boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. You can absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins that come in great-tasting gel packs. You go to HealthyCell.com, costs nothing You go to the website, check out the great products, read the reviews, and you can now save 25% off with the promo code Out Loud. I'll say that one more time. Go to HealthyCell.com. And on your first order, you can save 25% off with the promo code OUTLOUD. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest, Heather Robinson, journalist from the New York Post.
3: Cold and flu season is here. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to minimize airborne viral threats? Well, now there is, and it's a povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray called Cofix RX. You might even say it's just what the doctor ordered. To reduce your chance of getting hurt, you wear a safety belt when you're driving. To limit sun damage, you wear sunscreen on the beach. CoFix RX is just like that. It's an additional layer of protection. It's sold by thousands of pharmacists and medical doctors nationwide. It's made right here in the USA. Again, it's a pulvidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray. You've heard him talk about it here on the Outloud Network over and over again. Check out cofixrx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com for a retailer near you, or use coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off at cofixrx.com.
1: You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash to receive a 15% discount on the
4: Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready
1: for anything. So when we went to break, we were talking about the media being complicit, actually being activists and wanting free speech to be stifled. They want to shut it down, especially if it isn't the free speech that they want. We have Don Lemon on one of the late night talk shows saying that CNN was not a liberal rag. We all know that it was. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Now they're trying to reinvent themselves. Some people are also coming out saying, we need to give everyone a pass on COVID, the people that got it wrong, because you know, we were all learning this. But when they were in the throes of it, they were like, oh, everyone was a scientist. We know what's right. We know what's best. And as we said on the show uh, the previous night, everything that they were saying was all made up. The six feet apart, all made up. Rochelle Walensky, she said, no, it wasn't science. We were just guessing. The same way Fauci said, don't wear a mask, wear a mask. We were just guessing. And now we're about to remove that scab. Elon Musk, he's about to expose all of this. And now they're afraid because they don't know whose name was on what memo. And here's something else you guys have got to realize is that a lot of the people that were at the upper echelons of Twitter and Facebook and Google actually either worked in the White House and then they moved over or they were working in these social media outfits and then they moved to the White House, especially under Barack Obama and with Google. If you look – it's like six degrees of separation. It's an incestuous relationship. If you look at the people, you'll see that, wait a minute, they were like crossed over. They work at these different companies so they knew what they were doing. They knew fully well, well what they were doing. So again, I say, once we get the verification, what will the penalty be? These people cannot go unpunished. Now, of course, the media will say, oh, no, give us a pass. Don't, you know, let the people decide. Well, you've deceived the people. You've told them, you fed them a steady diet of lies. When you look back at 2020, and what happened? Republicans won the popular vote this term and the previous term. How in the heck did Joe Biden get? Oh, uh, 81,000 people, uh, not 1,000, million people voted for uh, Joe Biden more than any other president. Is that, See, they I were trying it, to sell us. They were trying to sell us on this. Now, they even but, bypassed Barack Obama. Go ahead, Heather.
2: I'm sorry to interrupt, Rob, but is it true that, that – uh, when you say Republicans won the uh, popular vote in 2020, do you mean generally in terms of across all races? Or, I, I mean, or do you mean that, that, that Trump got more popular votes than Biden? Is that- is Trump that got more name? popular
1: votes than Biden. Did he? Yes.
2: I didn't know that.
1: And this, this election cycle, Republicans got more, and this is the first time ever they got mm-hmm. more popular votes -hmm. Than any other uh, candidate. I had heard that. but But we're to believe, we are to believe that Joe Biden in 2020 won this election fair and square. 2022, all the candidates, although again, and this was like just like so evident, Republicans were leading, and then all at once, well, we don't know who the winner is, and then three days later, in some cases, a week later. Oh, the Democrats pulled it out, but by a thin well, margin, they seems pulled it very out.
2: Very fishy to me too, Rob. But I will say one thing, if I may interject, and just I think you're right that we should have every right to have these discussions and ask these questions. I do think, however, that you know we need to focus on the free speech aspect and the future. I don't think that I, you know, I don't think that that will ever really be definitively known who won that election, I guess I think probably as conservatives, we may do ourselves some disservice to um, keep focus on that, because it's an unknowable thing. And of course, you're right, we should have every right to ask questions. But, you know, I mean, there are other elections, too. A lot of people feel that Gore won in uh, 2000. I think he might have. Remember, it all came down to the Supreme Court in that case. And, you know, in this vast a country, it, you know, it does seem like not that we should ever tolerate fraud. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I think that we should channel our energies on the next election and support um, candidates and um You know, I guess it gets very complicated, but policies and election law that 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 would require greater oversight, transparency, voter ID, etc. You know, I think conservatives need to move the the ball down the field and put the, the focus on the future at this point, because I, I'm not I don't disagree with you I was up election night and it seemed awfully fishy to me that the counting had to stop only in the states where Trump had had pulled slightly ahead and a lot of things you know seemed fishy including the way it's all been covered. It, practically every article in the New York Times or waPO is uh, Rudy Giuliani's completely fallacious and unsubstantiated claims of fraud uh, fraud which were lies i mean it's like you're reading a propaganda rag you know and nobody's allowed to even ask a question and i i understand all that but i think that you know i I, i'm not saying be defeatist and you know i'm just saying i think that there's so much ambiguity about what went on that we're not and we you know unfortunately we lost that fight and um, I, you know, I just don't think we're gonna, I think it's a bridge too far to think that we're going to really op- reopen that election any more than I think that the 2000 election with Gore Bush and the hanging chads or the election of, uh, Kennedy in what was it 1960. A lot of people feel Nixon really won that one. I don't think it'll ever be totally known. Or, and, and I think the more we return to that, Um, the more we get dismissed as um, all the things they they say you know and yes it's propaganda that they've they've uh, ginned up but they've done it very effectively and I don't think we're gonna counter it at this point
0: right yeah 2020 seemed like the perfect um, way to give Americans distrust in the election system the way things went down, particularly conservatives. As Heather mentioned, President Trump seemed to have a big lead election night. And then um, they stopped the counting, which we've seen as a pattern since then, that they'll only count so many votes on election day. And then um, there was a lot of uh, controversy about mail-in voting before the election took place. And then this is, ends up to be what we are waiting for t- to come in after this election. So conservatives who already did not trust mail-in voting then have to watch all their uh, leads be erased as a result of mail-in voting. And uh, just the way that it just dragged on and on, it just seemed like um, it was the perfect storm to Uh, uh, for seeds of discontent with the American people in the election. And uh, I do not like this two-week election system that we have going on. Uh, We Mm -hmm. saw in California, it took like three or four weeks to to count some of these votes in the midterms. Uh, This is the number one thing for me that needs to be changed in the future is we need to get back to having an election night and knowing who the winner of the election was Mm -hmm. on uh, the night of the election.
2: I think that's a good focus for us, Andrew. I think for conservatives, you know, without even, you know, reopening the the wound of uh, 2020, yes, I think we should make the argument that this is a rich and successful and technologically advanced country. We can send a man to the moon, et cetera. There's no reason. I mean, countries all over the world get this done more efficiently than we do. I I, I agree with you guys. I tend to suspect that some of the reason for that may be shysting. You know, it just doesn't add up to me. So I think that for for conservatives to focus on, um, we want, uh, you know, we want these votes counted efficiently. We want whatever the oversight would be that would reduce fraud. You know, we want these reforms. And, you know, we're not talking about 2020. We understand that, you know, that's been, you know, gone over. We're talking about the future and it is not okay for this process to drag on for weeks and for the counting to have to stop in the middle of the night. You know, this, you know, interestingly in Israel, uh, I'm told that there is no absentee ballot voting unless you are on your deathbed, I mean, you have got to show up. If you live in America, and there are quite a few dual citizens of Israel in America, they cannot vote if they don't physically show up. So listen, I in our age of COVID hysteria and convenience, I don't imagine that would go over with very many Americans. But it's, it's an example of uh, another democracy that takes voting very seriously. And Um, you know, I think it can be cited uh, as an example of of something we can aspire toward um, more direct voter participation. Uh, You know, as Nikki Haley said, I recently heard her at the Republican Jewish Coalition. She spoke about how when she was governor of South Carolina, there were a lot of accusations thrown at her that she, you know, she and other Republicans were uh, disenfranchising voters. So she started a program to uh, help people get ID something you had mentioned Rob a a while ago to make it free to you know pick people up who were poor or whatever at their homes to make it easier you know take them to wherever they needed to go free of charge and get them an ID she said that literally only 25 people took her up on it you know but I thought that was a good idea um And I think that's that's you know these kinds of reforms should be a big focus for conservatives. Well, I I
1: hear what what you I hear what you both are saying, but I disagree. I think that one of the reasons why we got we must continue to talk about the great theft of 2020 is because they keep talking about what happened in 2000, and no one wants to shut them down. When we show when we're fearful to do it and we don't want to talk about it, and then we have others who are on our side that want to kowtow to them, I think that's when they win. The reason why we can't win in talking about it now is because they control the narrative, as you said. They have been very successful in controlling the narrative. And why mm-hmm. have they been successful? Because the leadership team is always fractured. You have some that will talk about it, some that won't talk about it. When they all know what happened was wrong, they all know right now, if when Elon Musk, should he release the tweets, the memos? There is our verification right there. What will we say then? Will we just say, "Oh, okay, okay, they did it"? No, something has to be done because if nothing is done, why even release it? Let us just keep guessing. Just like the Hunter Biden story, we knew that that was truthful. Now the media outlet is coming out saying, "Oh, well, we did our investigation and now we know that it is true." Well, you knew it then. Now you want to see it once Joe Biden, an illegitimate president, is in office. Now you want to acknowledge it once the country is about to go up in flames. Now you want to acknowledge it now that we're losing our foothold on foreign policy. Now you want to acknowledge it once the, the economy is tanking. Now you want to acknowledge it once we have them. you trying to indoctrinate our children. Now you want to acknowledge it. No, that's not good for me. I hate well, heads to roll. Case. Mm-hmm. I, want, I, I want heads to roll. I want people to be penalized. I want them thrown in jail the same way they're going to throw those innocent pro- ro- ro- protesters of Jan 6 in jail. People getting like five years. For what? For being told to come into the White House by FBI informants who are undercover? We need all of this exposed. Because when we just roll over and say nothing, it happens again. That's the reason why the election this time happened again with them all oh, the mail-in ballots. And we're going to wait and count the votes. We're going to wait for a week because we sat by and did nothing. We've got to get in the streets and make a big stink out of it so that they will know that we are serious. you got people going and protesting and scaring Supreme Court justices and what has happened. Nothing. Look at how they're trying to turn this whole thing around about the abortion. Who leaked the memo? John Roberts hasn't done nothing about that. And look at what's happening now. Now they want to say John uh, Alito, Justice Alito, he was probably part of some leaking with the Hobby Lobby case. He leaked that. I'm like, wait a minute. Look at what you guys did with the abortion. And the, the news media, they know who leaked it. They know who did it. But they're saying nothing. So we can't sit idly by anymore. I'm tired of it. We can't do it. We have got to push back and push back forcefully. Now that we control all the committees, let's see what Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be the Speaker of the House, let's see what he's going to do. Because they will have the power to subpoena Elon Musk and say, don't destroy any of the records. Why don't they tell him that now? Don't destroy any of the records. We want you to save all those records. Send a memo now and say, don't destroy the records. And as soon as January 6th comes around, There's an exchange. Then say, okay, we want you. You haven't released the information. We want you to come before the House and we want you to speak, bring all the records. And there will be no going behind closed doors. We want the American people to know what happened. We don't want none of the shifty shift stuff that Adam Schiff had done. No, we don't want that. Because if we were to do that, we're no better than China. That's what the Chinese are doing. That's what the Chinese communist government is doing. And yes, they should also subpoena Adam Schiff. He wants to subpoena President Trump? Oh, yeah, and he's got to come. And now Schiff is saying, well, if they subpoena me, I don't know. I got to understand the legitimacy of it. What do you mean understand the legitimacy of it? For four years, you kept saying that you had, the, you had what was going to take Trump down, and you never presented it. You never produced it. I'm sorry. This is war. This is war to save our country. We must expose all of the lies. We've got to expose all these people and let the whatever they say, roll where it goes. But we can't sit idly by and just think, oh, well, okay, it's over. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm sorry. I-, I can't. Well, one this- thing you
2: mentioned, Rob, was you said, like, they won't let 2000 go. But the thing is, I mean, they have – I mean, most of the time they're not talking about that. I mean, they did for a long time. But, I mean, the reality, I think, is that they did eventually. I mean, they. I guess I'm just saying that uh, – you know that was a bitter sort of battle for a while but ultimately you know w bush was president and you know time moved
1: on I, yeah but they had but they, then too heather they had to let it go because there was no there there in this instance we know there was a there there look at what I'm all sure. the media outlets but look at what the media outlets did when they came in you had the new york mm-hmm. times you had uh, newsweek when they all colluded together all these, the heads of all these corporations that said, this is how we're going to stop Trump. They all came together. And now we know that the FBI was even involved in it. So we have actual information here. 2020, I mean 2000, huh, no. But here we have documentation. We can go and get information. These news uh, outlets wrote uh, articles, look at Time Magazine whereby they said, this is how we stop Trump. Look at what Facebook did. Look at what Mark Zuckerberg went on uh, what's-his-name show, Rogan show, and said, well, this is what the FBI did. So we have information here. The only thing we need to do is have it verified, and then Andrew let the shit hit the fan, and that's what I want to happen. Because that is the only way we can move our democracy forward so that we can restore. People already think that the government is corrupt. Okay, so let's just say, okay, at this time frame, it was corrupt. Look at what happened with Edgar Hoover. We've got to get to the bottom of it. It's going to be painful. People might not like it, but I think the only way we can get the truth. Now, that's not to say that this is going to bring Trump back and put, make Trump president. No, but we will know who the real cheaters are. We will know who the liars are so that people can take back their good names as opposed to saying, you're a white supremacist. You did this and you did that. No, let's expose them for who they are, plain and simple.
0: Yeah, very well said, both of you. Um, As Elon Musk said, taking this back full circle, it's a real problem. Apple and Google effectively control access to most of the Internet via their app stores. They can dictate so much. So uh, this censorship that we see uh, that has predominantly been against uh, conservatives, Um, It's still a long uphill battle ahead. It'll be interesting to see maybe uh, Elon Musk ends up innovating his own phone, his own app store. Um, We could see things like that in the future. But in our third half, we're going to take a little time back and go back to 1962 and talk about Lee Harvey Oswald and his history before the JFK assassination. Uh, Heather's going to be talking all about her latest article in the New York Post, so stay tuned for that. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest, Heather Robinson.
4: Take back your sleep. Go to healthycell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. Healthycell.com code OUTLOUD. Healthycell.com code OUTLOUD.
2: Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years,
0: but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry
2: Dental Defense an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers.
1: Okay, folks, so we're here for the last half of the show. And as we promised, uh, we're going to have Heather Robinson to talk about her recent article that she did in the New York Post Ah, uh, title: Powell reveals Lee Harvey Oswald's weird, paranoid life, one year before the killing of JFK, and we're run up on. Uh, you know, is it the assassination of JFK? Did it take place around in November?
2: Yes, although okay. it actually was—is I believe it's the fifty-nine years since, 59, not actually okay. the 60th, Yes, okay. <laughs> but it was okay. November twenty-second, nineteen
1: sixty-three. Right. So, and it's a situation whereby, and, and I think even now. Uh, the reason why this is so relevant, this article, is that uh, I-, I think there was somewhere in Congress whereby they had said that after a certain amount of years that they would release all of the records yes. as to what happened uh, yes. that fateful day that when JFK died. And I bring that up, and again, just making parallels as to Elon Musk saying that he's going to release all the memos as to what happened during the 2020 election. Now, can you imagine? If Congress got access to that and they said, oops, we're not going to release this for 100 years, mm-hmm. people would be fit to be tied and say, oh, no way. We want to know right now. So mm-hmm. I, I look at that and I look at what happened with JFK and how people were, are saying that they want that information released. And Joe Biden hasn't made a decision. They keep Even President Trump kept saying, we're going to put it off. We're going to put it off. And it's like, well, when is the day they're going to release it? But uh, Heather has gone in and, and she actually did an interview not about the release of those documents, but with a pal of Lee Harvey Oswell. And wow, I would think that everyone, and he's only 81 years old, so he's he's still relatively young when you think about it. <laughs> and he's uh, a college professor. And so she spoke with him uh, about uh, Lee Harvey Oswell. And I read the piece, it came out November 18th in the New York Post, and I would definitely recommend it. And once this show goes up, you can come back to the site, America Out Loud, and you'll be able to click on the link to read the story. It's rather fascinating at some of the uh, details that he shared with Heather. So, uh, Heather, why did you decide to to I don't want to say revisit this, but to to mm-hmm. write the story?
2: Well, Rob, actually, I had uh, written a, an in depth story, an interview with um, Cyril Wecht a few months ago. Who? Yep, I remember was the that. Center you know, to the, in the the Warren Commission, he has stuck to his story for 60 years now, completely disbelieves the single gunman theory. He was really the architect of the multiple gunman theory. I guess you would say one of them anyway. Uh, He was one of the original uh, naysayers in terms of, uh, you know, disputing the Warren Commission's findings, especially regarding the forensics and so I, I interviewed him um, and that story did very well online. And so actually my, my editor at the Post, uh, Margie Conklin, assigned me this one. Uh, this is kind of, you know, coming at it from another perspective. This man, who's a, um, a professor at the um, University of Texas, and he's also uh, a fellow at Stanford. He's, a, he's a, uh, an expert in Russian economy brilliant man and they happened to hang hang out with lee harvey oswald and marina oswald you know who was the wife of uh lee harvey oswald one summer when they were all kids basically they were 21 years old um he has held his silence for almost 60 years because as he explained to me he and his family were ashamed of their connection to oswald they were I guess you'd say friends, uh, although he felt they felt that Oswald was disturbed mentally. Um, and they were a community of Russians in America, Russian-Americans, immigrants uh, from Russia. They were very conservative uh, and are still very pro-capitalism, pro-America, love America very much, like most Russians. You know, you guys may know Russians here in America. They tend to be at least until fairly recently, most tend to be politically conservative. There's some shift in that with the young generation a little bit, but they generally view America as the land of milk and honey, and these people did. But because Oswald had recently been behind the Iron Curtain and he came back with this young Russian bride uh, and settled in Dallas-Fort Worth, these these people they were a prominent community the you know a kind of expat community the the Dallas Russians took him in in a sense and and they were concerned about Marina Oswald so anyway that's how this man Paul Gregory came to know Oswald Gregory's father um, did a favor uh, he was asked to to certify that Lee Harvey Oswald could speak Russian because. Lee Harvey Oswald was trying to get a job as a translator. So he did him that favor and they socialized a bit. And um, Paul's father said to him, why don't you spend time with this young couple? Why don't you learn Russian? You know, he was home from college for the summer, Paul, the author of this book. And so that's how he came to spend time with uh, Lee and Lee's wife. And I think he kind of had a crush on Marina um, from what you know, I could sort of read between the lines in the book, and I think you know he told me that he felt closer to her. She was a nicer person, and you know she was teaching him Russian. Lee was a weird guy, and he he believes Paul Cra- Gregory believes that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Uh, he feels that there was enough about him that was profoundly disaffected, maladjusted, malcontented. He he had violent uh, behaviors. He was beating Marina for one thing, which they all knew, and they tried to intervene, but they weren't able to get her away from him. It was a you know abusive abusive relationship. So what Paul Gregory said to me was essentially, you know, if Lee Harvey Oswald were alive, you know, later he probably would have been a school shooter, would have gone again after some politician that he had delusions. He he had aspirations to fame and a terrible inferiority complex and that you know Paul believes that this man he knew he knew for the summer anyway you know was capable of of acting alone and doing this so that's you know the interview in a nutshell but but he did tell me some very you know some interesting things that I think have never really been told before to my knowledge such as that Marina had a fascination with JFK and Jackie um, well, of course, that's true of many Americans, right? But she had JFK's picture on their coffee table on the cover of Time magazine. Um, she kept that. It was her one like leisure item. And so I asked Paul, you know, do you think there's any chance that this this mystery, this this tragedy and, and you know, earth shattering uh, cataclysm could all have been caused by jealousy on the part of Oswald like you know boyfriend kind of jealous like you know he was mad because Marina liked JFK and Paul Gregory said well I don't know I'm not a psychiatrist I wouldn't assert that but I he said I I think you know I can say that Marina was so you know infatuated and uh charmed and you know even a little obsessed with JFK and the whole Kennedy family that surely Oswald knew." that this would hurt her very much. So, you know, it's another perspective.
1: But just reading the piece, you said that he immediately, when, the, when they came and questioned him, he immediately said that he felt that uh, Oswald was the shooter and acted alone. Other than him being a weird guy, mm-hmm. did he say why he just, he felt that?
2: Yeah, I mean, he just said that he was, he he had, that Oswald was, intelligent, had inferiority complex and grandiosity. He was, that Oswald was violent toward his wife anyway. And that Oswald was a just a weirdo. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I did press him a little. I said, well, Paul, I mean, you know, there are a lot of weird people in the world and this was a 24-year-old man, like a kid. Well, I mean, by today's standards, a kid. I mean, to pull all this off. I mean, by himself, uh, there's, you know, I also questioned Paul about some passages in the book where he writes that he saw Oswald getting into cars, like they would be hanging out at the house or Paul Gregory kind of was a good Samaritan to the Oswalds and he would take them shopping for groceries because they didn't have a car. They were very poor, poor young couple. And I re- he described it, how Oswald occasionally would just say, would just leave him, leave Gregory with Marina and go and get into a car and start talking to people in the car like some unidentified men. And so, you know, that's clearly something that to my mind is suspicious and would suggest that there was, some, you know, more going on in the background of Oswald's life than just being this weirdo, weirdo loner guy. And I I asked Gregory, you know, do you think it's possible those could have been government agents, uh, the mob? I mean, it's pretty weird for a guy to just disappear on you and go talk to other people in cars. And Gregory just said something to the effect that he doesn't get into conspiracy theories because he, he personally believes that the Warren Commission was very thorough, that they investigated everything. Uh, you know, kind of like what people say about the 2020 election. I guess you could say, you know, when when pe- when you say that things something seemed fishy, people will say, well, it was, you know, recounted, and there were this many court cases, and dozens of judges, including conservative judges, dismissed. You know, there's the official government investigation that took place. You know regarding the 2020 election and regarding this you know this this terrible assassination and supposedly it was it was very thorough and exhaustive and came up with nothing so you know it sort of comes down to whether you trust the government and a lot of people don't you know and a lot of people believe (laughs) that it was suspicious (laughs) you know
1: and it makes you wonder why and that's the reason why just going back to our earlier topic is that's the reason why we need to expose a lot of stuff so that people can start trusting the government again but just going back to this the guy that you had uh when you came on you had done the other story you think it was cyrus was yeah.
2: it serial wept serial wept
1: now mm-hmm. he felt that oswald did not act alone did he not Right. 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 Definitely.
2: Wecht is the extreme opposite. Wecht is a very renowned uh, forensic pathologist who has studied, you know, the angles of the bullet. Well, he didn't. Nobody really studied the angles of the bullet wounds because Kennedy's autopsy was rushed and was performed by two government, you know, Navy physicians who had never done a gunshot wound uh, autopsy in their careers, uh, which is something that, you know, Wecht is quick to point out. Um so it was very quickly handled by the government, so you know it's not as if any range of forensic pathologists really got with experience ever got to examine Kennedy's body, which is one of the things that, that worked is suspicious of, and then the brain was removed from the archives and has disappeared. you know, so yes, and you know, based on that and on the what he, you know the appearance of the gunshots, the direction they appeared to be coming from in the the Zapruder film, which is a film um, that was made by a, uh, you know, a home video, basically, that uh, this uh, businessman in Dallas was, happened to be filming during the parade when Kennedy was killed. You know, based on that film and on the, you know, the fishy, what Wecht views as the fishy rush autopsy, the disappearance of the brain, uh, et cetera, he believes fervently that there was a massive cover-up, that there was definitely more than one gunman. And you know there have been legions of books written, uh, all kinds of uh, interviews conducted and parsed and dissected of, of everybody who was in the vicinity that day. Um, and a lot of examination of Oswald's comings and goings in the years and months and days prior to uh, the assassination. So this is all, you know, the stuff of many, the whole conspiracy theory industry, which, you know, I mean, if you look at that skeptically, I mean, Paul Gregory's position is that a lot of people have profited from this conspiracy industry, but that, that it's, uh, yeah, he, he just, his position is that, that this, we did the, you know, something, this, this cataclysmic The mind rejects the idea that one, weird guy just did it but that that's the Occam's razor kind of explanation that the simpler explanation here is the true one you know and one thing I I personally you know all pushed on a little too is I said to him well even if let's just suppose he was acting alone I mean why are you so certain he wasn't working for someone? Because here you have an individual who had just gone to the former Soviet Union. As a young guy, he was a Marine. He defected to Russia, former Soviet Union at the height of the Cold War, lived there for a couple of years. And then he returned again at the height of the Cold War, the early sixties to America. Our, I mean, I was surprised our government would even want him back here given the state of relations, you know, between Russia and America at that time. And, uh, you know, Gregory just said that it's his position that, you know, he doesn't get into the conspiracy theories, that it's a thousand rabbit holes. And he just doesn't person. This is just, you know, this is his personal take based on his experience with this person. Um, and that that's that. So
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. You talk to two different people who both um, have, lived through this story for the past 59 years and they had completely different um, thoughts about what actually happened. You know, I'm guilty of this too. A lot of us, we love a good conspiracy theory. I mean, I remember like back in 1997 when I was like 10 years old and got on the internet, I found a website that said the moon landing was a hoax. And then I just went down that rabbit hole. It was the first conspiracy I ever really got into. And uh, this Kennedy conspiracy uh, I don't think we're ever going to know all the answers to the questions that we want. So I think it'll probably still be a story another 60 years from now. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Heather, for covering that. If people want to check out the article, they can Google Power Reveals Lee Harvey Oswald's Weird paranoid life one year before killing JFK. It's a New York Post article by Heather Robinson. So, you guys want to be sure to check that out. And as Rob said, when this podcast posts, we'll be sure to put up a link to her article in the story. Thank you all for joining us tonight on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn Radio. Wherever you stream, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review if possible. Or go to americaoutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. Or you can click the After Dark tab for our full archive of shows. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.